Hello, Husky fans! This is Max Cerullo, and you are listening to another episode of Yes, UConn, the podcast where we dive deep into the greatest UConn basketball teams of all time. And today, Tim Fontenot is back. We're back for our third first-round game. And um, you know what? This is a, this is going to be a fun one, I think. It's it's also an interesting matchup of... Uh, I, Tim, how would you describe him? Like, weird, like, like proto-almost-championship teams? Is that, I guess, a, a good way to describe these two teams? that's a great way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, that's, I think, that's, def- that's definitely the best way to describe this matchup here, which is an incredible 5-12 matchup, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we were saying when we got this uh, started how... The basically, if you go like, I think really, I'd say like four or especially five all the way down to 12. I mean, it's pretty much a toss up no matter what. And uh, we, we saw that this past week. Um, our last week's matchup was a was a I, w- I wouldn't say an upset exactly, but the the lower seed won. So that was pretty exciting. So um, first things first, just in case you're wondering what we're talking about, uh, we're uh, going to be discussing today the 1998 UConn men's basketball team and the 2002 men's basketball team. Uh, both were Big East champions. Both reached the Elite Eight. Both featured NBA players and uh, the core of what would eventually become national championship teams. And uh, this is our five versus 12 matchup in the uh, Yes, UConn Greatest Teams Tournament Challenge. And uh, as I just mentioned last week, uh, Ray Allen's 1995 team beat the 2014 national championship team. I'm sorry, Tim, your your boys are out. I don't know. Uh, that was probably my fault. I don't know. I mean, if we're being honest, I mean... Once I, I, as the episode was going on, I was like, "Geez, like the '95 team was really good." <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. we even really appreciated <laughs> the more, it. The more I was talking, the more I wanted to just like talk myself out of like. I was. I know that I'm like. I know that I was on the side of 2014 for that week, but I was like, "Oh my gosh, I might actually go and vote 95." <laughs> it was clarifying, I think. You know, for sure that those mid 90s teams, like I, I think they're going to do pretty good in this competition. But uh, this one's interesting. Um, so as I said, so the 98 team, of course, was the uh, the obvious precursor of the 99 championship team. It had basically the exact same starting lineup. You have Rip Hamilton. You got. Khaled Elamine, uh, Ricky Moore, Jake Voskel, uh, Kevin Freeman, basically all, all your championship players are all there. And the team was good. Uh, they were a 30 win team. They, you know, were pretty much right. They were in the top 15 the whole season. So, you know, this team, it's like weirdly like underrated because you know, we all talk about them as the 99 team, but like they were pretty darn good this year too. And uh, then the 2002 team was uh, Karan Butler and his uh, big sophomore season, plus, uh, you know, the uh, Emeka Okafor and Ben Gordon's freshman seasons and kind of the guys who would eventually form the core of the 04 cha- uh, championship team. Uh, they also made a deep run. Um, they weren't, they were, I wouldn't say they were as, uh, they, they kind of got hot at the end, I'd say. Like, whereas the 98 team was more consistently at the top, 25 the whole year, uh, 2002 got better as the year went along, I think. But in any respect, yeah. um, these teams are both really good, uh, and uh, I'm I'm excited. So since you got to defend 99, I'm taking 98 today, and that means you've got 2002, <laughs> which I think which I think works out pretty well. So um, yeah, I guess first yeah. So why don't we just get this started? Tell us about 2002, um, just for those who may not be familiar. All right. Well, 2002, uh, as you said, a precursor to that 2004 championship team. Mainly in that three of the three of the big players from that championship team, Ben Gordon, Emeka Okafor, Talik Brown. Um, Okafor and Gordon were both freshmen. Brown was a sophomore on this team, as was Karam Butler, who of course was the star of this team. Big East Co-Player of the Year. Just an 
unbelievable season from him. Um, averaged 20, 20.7.5 rebounds and obviously went on to the NBA following this season. Uh, like like you were saying, a team that really they got hot as the season went on, and it was a team that really needed time to come together. Uh, they were only ranked four times going into four weeks going into the NCAA tournament. Um, they ended up finishing at tenth overall in the final poll after making it to the Elite Eight, but it was a little bit of a shaky path to get there. This wasn't exactly a one of the later year Big East conferences where every team was just dominant. This was. This was kind of a, a mixed year for the Big East, where you only had, I think it was uh, four teams or five teams that were 40 or higher in, uh, in Ken Palm. Um, and those were the teams UConn was beating, and they really they struggled um, against a couple of lower teams in, uh, in the Big East. They lost to Rutgers. Uh, they lost to St. John's in overtime at Madison Square Garden, a game I was actually at as a, oh my gosh, as a nine-year-old. Lost a hat signed by Diana Taurasi at that game. That's a whole other thing. Um, but you know that was at a point where they lost three out of four in the middle of the in the middle of the Big East season. Actually, yeah, right in the middle of the Big East season. But they didn't lose again until the Elite Eight. After that, they pulled off six straight wins to close out the regular season. Then they went on to play uh, three games in three nights, win the Big East championship over Pittsburgh in the double overtime classic that you and I talked about early on in the. Uh, in this podcast, the Talik Brown deep three and double OT for the dagger. And then, you know, they make a run as a as a fair two seed to the Elite Eight. Um, they beat Hampton, NC State, and Southern Illinois before they get knocked out by Maryland, who that was the second time they were playing Maryland that season. They lost to them fourth game of the season by 12, and they lost again by eight in the Elite Eight as the Terps went on to win the national title. Um, some of the guys beyond Butler and Okafor, Brown and Gordon, um, you had Johnny Selvey and Tony Robertson, both in the starting lineup for this team. Um, Gordon, amazing. He only started two games. If I'm looking at this correctly. Yeah. He only started twice as a freshman, but he was a really reliable player off the bench, especially as the season went on. Uh, Robertson was a great defensive guard on this team and a guy who loved to get on the fast break. This is a team that loved to break. And he was crucial for them on the defensive end of the floor. Johnny Selvey was kind of your get down and dirty, do do all the messy work, and you know anyone gets by him, gets to the rim, and Mecca Okafor is going to deal with them. So um, really, really productive um, six-man rotation here. Um, and then, you know, just obviously Big East champions, Elite Eight, and this was, as you said, precursor to uh, to a national title. Yeah, so, you know, obviously this team is best known for Karan Butler. I mean, those other guys obviously are their their careers at UConn were fantastic just overall and obviously this is just the beginning of that. But Butler was really awesome and like it's I don't I feel like it's almost underappreciated just how good he was at UConn and of course he's yeah. one of UConn's best NBA players. So, let's uh, just fill everybody in just, you know, what Karan Butler was like for UConn this year and kind of what his game was. I mean, what couldn't he do for uh, for this team? I mean, first of all, we don't have to go into the whole story of how he got to UConn, but I mean that, of course, in itself is amazing. Where he from, where he was growing up to where he where he was when he left Stores, um, just an unbelievable dynamic player. He could, you know, he could he could hit an outside shot, but this was a team that didn't really rely on that. They weren't a team that really 
took a lot of you know jump shots or shots from beyond the three-point line. Everyone on this team loved to drive, and above them all, Karan Butler loved to get to the rim, and he was just lights out. He could hit you, like I say, he could hit you with the jump shot, but he could also, you know, he just blew by everyone, got to the got to the rim whenever he wanted. He could take you, anybody one-on-one, could get out of double teams. I mean, he was exceptional. There were, It was very, very hard to slow this guy down. Any way that he wanted to score or move the ball around offensively, it was as he willed it. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was something else. And then, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, you know, Ben Gordon is a great slasher, too, at that point. You know, Emeka Okafor, I mean, he was he was a beast, even right out of the gate. Yeah. So um, this happens to be the very first year of the Ken Palm era. So have some kind of interesting numbers to look at here. So uh, over the, you know, Ken Palm is, uh, you know, when we're dealing with kind of 2002 onwards, it's a good me- uh, reference to kind of compare teams. Within within a year, I guess it's easier to compare versus across years. So you know, a plus nineteen in one year may not be exactly the same as you know a similar number the next. But you know, this is a you know I say like they were finished the season eighteenth in Ken Palm. So I wouldn't say it's one of their better years. They've had a lot of better years since then. But you know, it's, it's certainly a competitive team. Uh, they were you know a much better defensive team than offensive collectively. They ranked eighteenth for defense and thirty uh, eighth for offense. But um. As you said, it's like it was. They got better as the year went along, so it's kind of. I don't know. You can kind of. I would be curious to see what those numbers looked like at midseason versus where they wound up. Um, so I don't know. Do you, I guess it wasn't. A, it wasn't a glamorous offensive team, that's for sure. I mean, they they hit. They were really. They they won a lot because they were so good defensively, and they were so good at just beating it to the rim offensively that they really, you know, they could just hit the shots they needed to make and then shut you down on the other end of the floor. And then they also loved getting out on the fast break, which was really fun to watch. I mean, when you, when you look at that big East championship game, I was actually just watching it earlier today. Neither them nor Pittsburgh was anywhere close to a glamorous offensive team, but they just, you know, they could make, you know, they could make things out of nothing if they needed to. And they could, you know, they like I said, they're gonna drive to the rim all the time. They're not like they're just not gonna be a lights out shooting team. But you know, with guys like Okafor and then Butler and guys who want to get to the rim like Talik Brown and Ben Gordon, it really wasn't an issue. You know what? It almost seems like the 2002 team is like if the 2021 team had lived up to its potential. Does that feel like <laughs> a good uh, comparison? If if the 21 team would actually make shots at the rim, I think we'd be looking at a really good comp. Fair. Okay. I don't know. Just like listening to what you're talking about with like the defense and some of the other stuff. And it's like the, the makeup, of the, the makeup of the team isn't that far off either. You where you know, book Knight and Butler, are, you know, they're not the same player by any stretch, but you know, kind of comparable skill sets at least. And I don't yeah, know. Exactly. You, you get the idea. Like if you looked at the, if you looked at the starting five uh, from Oh two compared to this year, you could kind of not obviously like you just said, not talent wise, but kind of plug and replace the kind of player that was in the lineup. And you'd have pretty much the same build. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, a lot of fun memories with this team. Uh, so you, you, you talked about the uh, Big East Championship game. What, let's, uh, I, I've, I assume most of our listeners are probably familiar, but what's, uh, walk us through just the, um, the, how that one went down because that's, that's a, that one's a classic. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a really back and forth game for, from really early on. Um, Pittsburgh was kind of leading the way for, for most of it. I believe they went up, uh, they were. It was a one-point game at halftime, 
and UConn really had to will themselves back into it in the second half before Pittsburgh really could take control, and they did. Obviously, it helped playing in a in a home gym like Madison Square Garden. And there's actually a point in this game where I was list, I was watching, and the Let's Go Huskies chant got so loud that in the crowd there was a shot of some people in the crowd, and there was someone ha- had to hold their hands over their ears because they couldn't take the noise from the <laughs> fans, which was just awesome. Um, but yeah, things go back and forth most of the way. Again, a really good defensive battle between two teams that aren't necessarily that great offensively. And, you know, at the end of regulation, it does hurt Pittsburgh that Brandon Knight, who was co-player of the year with Karan Butler, goes down injured. He leaves the game. and But then two great overtimes between, uh, between these two teams. And with about 30 seconds left in the second overtime, UConn's got a two-point lead, and Talik Brown gets the ball in an inbound with two seconds left on the shot clock, and he drains it from just inside the logo at, what was it, like a 35-foot shot, puts them up by by five, and then UConn just rides it out to the end and ends up winning, uh, winning 74-65 in an unbelievable game. And, of course, the first of three Big East championship games in a row between UConn and Pitt, of which UConn won two. Mm, absolutely yeah that yeah Talik Brown's shot I mean that's that's about as improbable as it gets that's not he wasn't Shabazz Napier I'll put it that way man so yeah good good stuff good team so um yeah so I suppose I should probably give the the people the the lowdown on 98 right absolutely well uh it's like 98 is kind of funny because it's the year before I could really remember anything that was going on with UConn so it's like right at the right at the wall for me yeah I gotcha well you know, I this was before I became a UConn fan, but the good news is, you know, it's it's a you know we we covered '99 just two weeks ago, so a lot of the same players, most of them, in, are involved here. So, but the thing the thing I was struck by was that '98 was great in its own right. Like we have them seated fifth for a reason. Like they were they were awesome all season long. Yeah. So um, starting lineup, you already know: Rip Hamilton, Khalid Alamine, Kevin Freeman, Ricky Moore, Jake Voskel. All of them, you know, great at this point already. It's. It, they were they were this team could have won a national championship like they were they weren't that far off rip you know on he's awesome this is a he's a second team all-american he's a big east player of the year the the team itself finishes 32 and 5 the, the 99 team by the way was 34 and 2 so they only finished with two fewer wins uh big east they go 15 and 3 the 99 team went 16 and 2 uh won the big east championship uh you know reached the elite eight and ended up losing in the, in greensboro to the the one seed north carolina so like i mean what are you going to do there like that's that's a really tough uh tough draw um yeah and then just like you know as far as like the season itself they were like i said they were ranked in the top mostly in the top 10 almost all season long they start 12 in the preseason uh they don't fall below 13 like at all i think 13 was as low as they got in early december and after that they're just like 12 11 10 8 10 and then top 10 the whole rest of the way until they reached uh, number six at the final ranking and um yeah, just uh, here. Let me let me get the pull these stats back up. So yeah, Rip had twenty one point five points per game. So he's 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 Rip. You know he's good, uh, real good as a sophomore this year. Uh, Khaled uh, sixteen points, uh, four and a half, uh, four point two assists. Kevin Freeman ten point three points, six point six rebounds. Uh, Ricky Moore uh, seven and a half points, um, and Jake Voskel was uh, six point nine points and seven point one rebounds. So um. 
Yeah, I mean that that's that's the team. I mean, you, you know, we've got a few other guys on the bench coming. You know, Rashmel Jones is here, Suleiman Wan is here, you know, a, a couple of other guys, but those top five are really like they were really the the main guys this year. And um yeah, I mean, I think th- as far as like the season itself goes, I did get a kick out of seeing that they uh, this team also lost to Miami. That was kind of a the joke at the end of the <laughs> the 99 show. Um so I don't know for whatever reason that Miami seemed to have these guys as number, but you know, other than that, they they pretty much beat everybody they needed to on the schedule. I mean, they had a loss to St. John's, they lost to uh, Florida State, and um, they had a loss to number sixteen West Virginia. And after that, they don't lose again until they run into North Carolina. And um, th- this team, I think, obviously the the most famous game from this season, obviously, was the Sweet Sixteen game against Washington, which was an absolute classic with a uh, you know Rip uh, basically just trying to get that shot for the win, you know. Sean McDonough, no, Hamilton, no, Hamilton, yes, at the buzzer. <laughs> That's a great one. We actually oh, haven't done that episode yet. That's like, This is like one of the best games that we still haven't covered yet. So, Yeah, that's going to be a good one. You yeah. know what's funny, now that you mentioned that game, is the end of regulation of the 2002 Big East Championship game ended pretty much the exact same way, but without the ball going in. UConn oh. had like three or four chances in the final five seconds and just couldn't put the ball in the net, and so they had to go to overtime. It would have been a really lousy way for this season to have ended. So I'm glad they got that yeah. one. You know, obviously North Carolina, whatever. It, 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 that that team is really good too. So it is what it is. So um, yeah. So that's our crew. Uh, that's a uh, '98, and you got 2002. And um, how do you think this would go? I, I have no. I have actually no idea how this would play out because like. You can't really like nobody's really you know, other than Karan. Nobody on the court has really reached their full potential yet, and everybody eventually becomes a champion, basically. So, I don't know. Tell me, I, I don't know. Let's. I'll let you start. What do you? What are your the kind of things you're watching for in this matchup, and kind of who's going to look do do what? Well, the big thing I think, like you just said, is that Karan is the one who's already at the peak of his powers. Well, obviously, he goes on to have a great NBA career, but in college, you know, at the height of his powers and. Rip is still getting there. Obviously, a fantastic season that year, but that would be a fun matchup because I'm looking. And my question to you before uh, before I go into some other stuff is: Are do you see those two guys matching up against each other, like on both ends of the floor? Or are you having someone smaller defend against by either of them? Because you know, Hamilton at six six, Butler at six seven, and two guys that can really stretch the floor. That that's got to be a hell of a guard for either side. Yeah, well, yeah, I think. Well, well, what would you say? Like, would Kevin Freeman be the one guarding, uh, guarding Karan in this case? I could see that, and I think my my issue would be for uh, for the O two team would be who would match up with Rip because obviously, you know, the bit the most. I think I think Karan would probably be on Rip defensively if i'm being honest because i'm looking i just don't i worry about the size of guys like talik and robertson who i think are the two best defensive players in the front in the in the backcourt for uconn and you know there's there's going to be a lot of double teams on on hamilton for sure this is a team that loves to you know one of the things they did to really try to take guys like you know i'm thinking I, i was watching the o2 championship game earlier so that's my example but um, one of the ways they tried to get Brandon Knight out of the game was by, you know, kind of not not a full on press, but once the ball got over half court, they tried to trap him right under uh, right under the halfway line. And I think that's something you'd see a lot with Hamilton 
if uh, if he was getting the ball out there. Yeah, I yeah. So I I feel like just to, for simplicity's sake, it feels like Hamilton and Butler would probably guard each other because they're the top guys. They would probably want that challenge, and I mean f- physically they match up fairly well too. So. Yeah. I mean, either way, they're both easily going to go for 20, no matter what. I mean, those two, I mean, <laughs> we talk about how like, you know, Karan was at the peak of his power. Well, well, Rip was like, maybe he, he, he could have gone pro. Like he could have like left after this year. He would have been like a lottery pick. Probably. I mean, you would, you would think, yeah. I mean, he was a second team, all American already, like right now. And then he came back and then he, well, we all know what happened. So it, it worked out. It worked out well for everybody. He ends up having a great pro career and it was all good. But um, yeah, so, I mean, these, that's a heavy, that's a hell of a heavyweight matchup. I, I think that'd be really fun. Um, the defense in the backcourt would be really cool too, because on one hand, you know, Ricky Moore and Khaled Elamine, they're really tough. And then on the flip side, you have Talik Brown, who's really tough and I, what would yeah. be? I guess Tony Robertson was their starter usually, right? And then Ben Gordon was off the bench. Because either way, whatever combination yeah. of those two guys you're looking at is a pretty. Uh, that those yeah, those guys are gonna just be like taking like bricks and two by fours to each other the whole game. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, that would be so much fun to watch between those guys. And I think I think where I really would like to see how O two would fare is obviously. Uh, Right down low, where you've got Jake Voskel trying to his best to deal with a Mecca Okafor. Yeah, that's who a came clear. In as a freshman, yeah, came in as a freshman was instantly. You know, this is when UConn really established itself as the shot blocking program in the country. Uh, he was he was dominant. I mean, just the way he was the way he was knocking shots all over the floor and you know opening up opportunities by doing that and by. You know, just by stuffing guys at the rim and getting the rebounds, just opening up a fast break that, you know, that let Tony Robertson or some or Karan or whoever get out and run like they love to do. And then I noticed a lot when those fast breaks happened, Okafor is down the floor under the hoop. So if the initial shot doesn't go in, he's right there to clean it up or he's right there for you to dish the ball to complete the fast break. So I think that's a huge advantage for the O2 team. What do we think about Kevin Freeman versus uh, Johnny Selvi here? Because um, uh, Selvi, <laughs> Selvi certainly was a. They're about the same height, but Selvi was certainly, uh, uh, we'll say, a, a bit wider, a little bit larger. But I mean, Kevin Freeman was no joke. I mean, he, you know, even if he was a little bit, a little bit smaller, I feel like that would still be an advantage for him in that respect. I mean, he's much more skilled for sure. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it'd be a really interesting matchup. I think. Selvi just by having Okafor with him down low would would be fine. I mean, he was the kind of guy like he never really, you know, he's not the kind of guy who really jumped out at you, but he did so many small things right that he was just such a he was such a key player for that team. And you know, obviously Kevin Freeman, massive, you know, great rebounder and and could score. I they they're pretty comparable in their numbers, and I think that. You know, well, I think head to head, I would give Freeman the matchup again. Like I said, the fact that Selvi is able to stretch the floor, uh, you know, stretch out wide defensively, and you know, have Okafor behind him, and you know, cleaning up whatever gets by, I think that that's that's more than uh, that's more than fine with him. Yeah, so it, it's interesting, like a five on five matchup there. I mean, the benches I feel like are kind of a well. Actually, it's not kind of a wash. Ben Gordon coming off the bench is a huge advantage. Ninety eight doesn't have anybody like <laughs> like him. Um, yeah, 
you know, but either way, I mean, that's, you know, the, the 98 will have like kind of guys coming, like kind of rotating through. You'll have, you know, Suleiman will be coming through Rashmel Jones. Uh, uh, here's a guy. I don't know if I've ever even heard of this guy. Monquencio Hardnet. He apparently averaged 5.4 points, uh, 2.7 rebounds and one, one and a half assists. I guess he was a, I guess he was pretty involved. I, I to be honest, I'd never even heard of him until just now, which yeah, might be kind of bad. I've heard of in a long time. Yeah. But, uh, you, the, al- name, the name rings familiar. Yeah. You, you've also got a freshman, um, freshman, Albert Morang, EJ Harrison is here on 98. So, you know what? I, no, yeah. you don't got you don't got Ben Gordon here, but you you've got some. You know, you, you can kind of, you know, whatever. You you get what I'm getting at. So um, yeah. yeah. If you look at the if you look at the O2 team, it's also pretty heavily a six man rotation. Um, between between those big six, Gordon averaged the fewest minutes at 24.8. The next closest beyond those six was Scott Hazelton, who played in 32 games but only at eight and a half minutes per. Yeah, well, you know what? Scott Hazelton did average 30 points a game at Central Catholic, so he had that going for him. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's Throw, true. Throwing out those Merrimack <laughs> Valley uh, nuggets there for you. Yeah, uh, anyway, yeah. Um, uh, terms, yeah, minutes played, I'm looking at 98 now. So the nine, UConn's rotation went about nine deep. So actually it was uh, Bonquencio Hartnett was uh, the, the sixth man off the bench. Rashmel Jones, uh, Antrick Kleber was the other main guy. Yes. And then Suli, so... Yeah, um, looking at the, the, the per-game numbers here. Uh, so this year, 98 averaged 76.6 points per game. So uh, not bad. Uh, not quite the 95 team, but you know, still just still pretty solid. Uh, they, aver- they allowed only 63.9 points. Uh, so definitely a strong defensive team, a, a much stronger defensive team than 95, if we're being fair. Um, and, uh, 2002 similar actually. So, uh, yeah, so I said 98 was in 76.6 for uh, points, uh, scored in 2002 was 77.8. Uh, so not too far off there. Pretty comparable. Uh, the, uh, 2002 team, uh, did not, uh, was not as good defensively, at least by these measures here. They are 69.2 points allowed versus 63.9. Um, yeah. So I don't know any, I guess any other kind of, uh, you know, ta- you know, matchups here we want to talk about before we uh dive into um i guess make our case because uh i don't know this is this is an interesting one i have no idea what the the what the listeners are going to think here so what what's uh what what else you want to talk about this is such a this is a really good matchup just like between the starting fives and just like all over the place like this is such a fun matchup I, i would love to see these two teams actually play but you look they're pretty comparable in terms of their experience uh, 98 had an average experience of 1.1 years. 02 was, I think, 0. 0.9. Um, Matchup wise, I mean, I think we've, I think we've pretty well covered it. I think that, uh, you know, Talik Brown versus Khaled El Amin in terms of the point guard battle is really fun. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about Karan versus Hamilton is just going to be an unbelievable matchup. It's just going to be. You know, they're going to be the stars of the show, of course. So, um, yeah, I just I just keep looking at these two teams, and I think, man, this would be really fun to watch in person. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, obviously these teams are both coached by Jim Calhoun in his prime. So, like, they're gonna be, they're both going to be tough as hell. They're both just going to be like, you know, let's just, like, you know, do what we got to do. It's going to it'd be it'd be fun. It'd be, a lot, it'd be very edgy. I'm sure that at some point there'd be, like, you know, punches thrown or something, but... 
whatever you, you got <laughs> you, you get how you get how that's just kind of what you expect in this kind of exercise uh, i feel like 98 probably has the edge in guard play and uh, 2002 probably the edge on the front court but not not a huge edge in either respect i think um yeah. The the thing that we just got to keep remembering is that when we're talking about Emeka and we're talking about like, uh, you know, Khaled Elamine, we're talking about the incomplete product. So it's like, it's like, I want to just assume I'm talking about 2004 versus 99, but like, we're not quite there yet. These, so that's a whole other element. Like I have no idea, like, and it doesn't help that I didn't see either of these teams play when I was eight or 12 years old. Like it's. I don't know. They they they're they're at like a different stage in their development than what we remember necessarily. So that's a whole that's a whole right. other curveball. So um, yeah. I I guess you want to just dive right into it. Do you want to do you want to make? How about this? I, I I you've been making your case first. So want want to time me and I'll, and I'll make my case for ninety eight first, and then you can uh, do two thousand two. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Let me just get my uh, my clock out here. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, you ready? I'm ready. I was trying to think like we we've been just kind of going right into this. For, maybe for the future, I should like come up with some kind of crazy intro for this uh, this segment. But I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's more work for me. I have to like pick a song or something. So yeah, <laughs> you got whatever. All right. Well, yeah. Let's see. Make your case in three, two, one. All right, guys. So um. This is this is such a fascinating one. The 98 team is so much better than we remember. You know, obviously these guys were all championship caliber guys. They were all this is legit the 99 championship team except one year less experience. And look, they were pretty darn good. 32 and 5 overall, uh, 15 and 3 in the Big East. Rip Hamilton, second team All-American. So right off the top, you've got one of the best players in the country. You know, Khaled Elamin, Kevin Freeman, Ricky Moore, Jake Voskel. You guys, like, know what these guys did and what they're capable of. And they did most of it this year, too. This year, this year team was consistently one of the best teams in the country. And in terms of the, the matchups, look, Emeka Okafor is amazing. He's a freshman. I don't know how well he would handle, you know, Jake Voskel or Kevin Freeman, who, you know, yeah, they're, they're on the young side, you know, they're only sophomores, but they've still got more experience in college basketball and they know what they're doing. So they would know how to handle that matchup. And then Khaled Elamine, look, I'm, I'm he's, freshman Khaled Elamine is probably time. even. Wow. Oh my gosh. I got. Wow. That's the first time we haven't hit the time. Well, you know what? To be fair, I, yeah, whatever. I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh oh. I think I'm, guys, I'm in trouble. Oh geez, I'm in big trouble. All right, well let's see. Let's see if Tim Tim does uh, better than me right now. So um, uh, yeah. So ready? Uh, I'll count you down in three, two, one, go. All right. Look, this 2001-02 team came in with it was a pretty interesting setup. They're only returning 46% of the minutes from the year before, 56.5% of the scoring, but Karan Butler just absolutely dominated this whole season he was such a sight to behold he's gonna he's gonna be a guy who can carry you to victory on any given night and the rest of this team Emeka Okafor and Ben Gordon just got better as the year went on especially Okafor he was just incredible inside from start to finish he made everyone realize how special he was right from the jump and you know he may have been a freshman but you know even some of the best seniors in the country weren't getting by him and his incredible wingspan, his shot-blocking ability. This was a team that didn't have a, a very deep rotation. It was mainly six guys, but they were six reliable guys, guys who were going to get it done on any given night in the biggest stage. 
and they're a team that, you know, they were able to weather a lot of storms. Just ask Pittsburgh. In time. Ah, oh, geez, you you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know what? I gotta I gotta come I gotta come back to you for that, and I gotta redeem myself. So, cue uh, up thirty seconds on the clock, and uh, uh, let's uh, get ready to do this. All right, thirty seconds in three, two, one. All right, we haven't mentioned his name often enough here, but Ricky Moore is a junior. And you want to know what Ricky Moore does and had always done, but it was really good at by this point, was shutting people down. The dude was a monster on defense. You think Ricky Moore is going to let freshman Ben Gordon do anything in this game? I'm not so sure. You know, these other matchups, like, you know, you can talk yourself into any one of them. But Ricky Moore is going to be a problem for no matter who he deals with. And I I trust that Rip and the others will take care of business. Doing my own clock that time, which I silly, because <laughs> I foolishly forgot to the last time because I'm, I'm intelligent. All right, tell me what. All right, what do you what do you got for me? Uh, let's put thirty seconds on, and uh, you you make your final case for two thousand two. Ready? Three, yep. two, one, go. Yep. Even if Ben Gordon has a tough time with Ricky Moore, you know, Tony Robertson's there, Talik Brown's there, Karan Butler's there, all guys who can get out and run. You know, they can get themselves out of situations and in tough defensive situations. There are guys who are always going to be open to get the ball and then, you know, let UConn get out and run the way they love to do. And Emeka Okafor, again, only a freshman, not the finished product. But if that's the unfinished product, oh my gosh, Jake Vosco, I'm praying for you. In time. Well, prayers for Jake Foskell and prayers for me because I, uh, unlike the first two weeks, I, well, I knew that 2021 was never going to work, but hey, I got 11% of the vote out of that, which I consider a real win personally. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's what we got for this matchup. Um, you got 90, 1998 versus 2002. And uh, hey, cue up this rhyme. Now we're going to leave it up to you, the listeners. <laughs> God, that was corny. Hey. Wow. Oh, man. Cut my mic. I'm done. This is terrible. Um, so anyway, we'll, in all seriousness, yeah. So voting voting will start on, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, by the time you hear this, it'll pro- the poll will probably be posted and voting will be open until Friday. And uh, yeah, the winner will advance to our, our second round and uh, very interested in seeing how this one plays out. So you guys can fa- find the, the poll on uh, Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Max Cerullo, M-A-C-C-E-R-U-L-L-O. And, um, yeah, we'll have all the details. If you want to see what the bracket looks like and uh, check out the, like, you know, results by, you know, voting percentage and all that stuff, you can find that on my Twitter as well. And, uh, Tim, I don't know why, what, what else we got? Anything else uh, worth mentioning? New assistant coach. Oh, yeah, that happened today. I guess, yeah, we should just, we should probably <laughs> touch on that real quick, shouldn't we? Yeah, tell, tell the people uh, what, what's up. Uh, looks like Luke Murray has been named the, uh, the new assistant coach for UConn after, uh, Quite a bit of waiting, um, quite a search. Um, he has uh, he has history with Dan Hurley. I believe he's been with him at both Wagner and Rhode Island, but he's been at Louisville the past three seasons. And a guy who you know the the college basketball experts out there, the the national guys are really liking this hire by uh, by Hurley and the Huskies. Just uh, you know, Jeff Borzello earlier today was really high on him, uh, tweeting out. Terrific hire by Dan Hurley. He reunites with Murray from their days at URI and Wagner. Extremely well-connected recruiter moving closer to home. Deep ties in the region, which are things that you really love to hear. Yeah. So, that's, and uh, apparently he's, uh, yeah. 
it all sounds pretty good to me. I know UConn Twitter was all over this one. They were like, yeah, yeah, Luke Murray's the guy like a week ago. And it's like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It <laughs> worked out. So. And uh, I believe the phrase uh, an offensive mind was uh, something that was listed as well. Oh, about, hallelujah. Uh, we, we, UConn, yeah, UConn could uh, use a few of those right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, my goodness! That's uh, that's definitely something that you need. Yeah. So um, that's yeah, that's the big news of the week. Um, yeah, the other big news of the week is it sounds like we're not going to get very much more big news of the week because uh, if you've been keeping an eye on the transfer portal, um, word around the program is, is that they probably are not going to uh, be bringing anybody else in at this point. And I guess it makes sense. They got you know Whaley and Polly coming back. I mean, they got a pretty deep roster. So if you brought anybody else in at this point, you might risk losing somebody else to the transfer portal. So yeah. we got our team. So that'll be good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, one other bright spot. Go for it. Apparently, uh, Samson Johnson has apparently been, you know, spiking up the up the rankings. Oh, yeah, that's in, right. Uh, he, he's, he's jumped Hawkins and, and uh, Diggins. He's like in the like top 30 now, right? We love that. That is. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, huh. That's interesting. I don't know if this is I don't know if this is fair, but like, you know, kind of, you know, when I think about the recruiting class, I kind of think of Hawkins as like, you know, the big the big scorer, you know, uh Diggins is like the big, you know, the point guard kind of of the future. And then Johnson, I was like, I mean, you know, we'll see what it, we'll see what they get from him. Well, you know what? If he's jumping up in the rankings like that, then it's like, uh is our front court next year going to be like like best in the country? Like <laughs> maybe <laughs> It's, that seems like that seems kind of like you know aggressive, but like you got you know hopefully a healthy Akuka Cook. You've got Adama Sonogo, who we are is already proven to be like really good, and you know Johnson yeah. is if Johnson's legit, and then plus you know Whaley's back, and that's a, hey look, it's all I'm saying is you have a lot to work with, so that's yeah. I'll, I'll let's just say I'm optimistic. More room for and, guys to get into foul trouble too, so Adama will be very happy about that. <laughs> Wow, shots. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So anyway, well so that's Adama, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a guy you probably don't want getting upset with you. He could quite literally dunk you, no. so I'd let him. You'd let him because you couldn't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, true. <laughs> Just accept your fate. <laughs> Alright, we're we're whatever. We got we're 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 kinda of going crazy now, so all right, guys. Well, anyway, you guys all vote. We'll uh, see, you know, who who, uh, who comes out on top. And then next week we will be back for our fourth first round matchup, and we will be talking about Kemba Walker and the 2011 national championship team, our number four seed, against the number 13 seeded 2005 team led by Charlie Villanueva. That should be another good one too. So. Tim, thank you again as always. And all of you guys out there, you know the drill. You, um, I already told you where to find me on Twitter, but I'll tell you again. Follow me on Twitter at Max Cerullo, M-A-C-C-E-R-U-L-L-O. DMs are open, and you can email us at yesuconpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back next week, and you guys all have a good one. Music.